to a new episode of the Holmes Movies Podcast. My name is Anders Holmes and I'm joined by Adam who is sitting, well, right across from me. Hi. Not over Zoom or Skype or anything like that because he's still in Denmark. It's live from the studio <laughs> in southern Denmark. Yes. <laughs> so right. today we are going to talk about not one but two films who are going to be talking about... It's a double bill. It's Grindhouse. Yes it is. Uh, we are going to be talking... Well, it's, it's it's a very interesting double bill. It is. Very, it's, it's, I, I, if you walked past the cinema that was showing these back-to-back, you'd raise an eyebrow. Be like, okay. Right. Mm. So, so what are we doing? So we are going to be talking about the uh, Walter Hill film called 48 Hours, which stars Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte, which came out in 1982. And also we are going to talk about Alan Renee's film Last Year at Marienbad, or in Marienbad in some countries. Which so I th- we're talking about the last 48 hours in Marienbad. Yes, basically. And we're not going to waste any time talking about what happened on the Mission Impossible 7 set where Tom Cruise lost his shit or the really depressing HBO Max Warner Brothers deal which uh, pissed off quite a lot of people from Christopher Nolan to Denis Villeneuve to Denzel Washington. So, yeah. There's also the... We didn't really cover any, when we talked last time all the announcements about all the new Star Wars franchises, but um, let's just leave that for another for another moment. Um, it, it, it's all very exciting, I will say. Is it? It is a little bit exciting. It's too much. It's a bit too much, but like... I, I thought we weren't going to talk about it. I know we're not going to talk about it, but it is, it is all exciting. So, do we disagree? I think it's depressing. What, that the fact there's too much? Yes. Yeah. It is like... I mean... One side of me, here we go. No, 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 no. I'm just one side of me is like, ooh, I'm excited for all these shows, but on the other side of it's like, it, it does feel like quantity over quality. That's that's what I also feel. Well, I'd love it if it was all good, but we know it won't be. Well, let's see what happens. But right. anyway, well, anyway, moving on. Well, we've got Hayden Christensen coming back, so that's oh, something to look forward to. Um, He'll be welcomed back with open arms. Um, ugh. Okay. But anyway, let's so. get on to the first film, which is Forty Eight Hours. You. We saw it recently. But you, 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 you. Wait, what happened to you then? That was my. The uh, last one was Christopher Walken. No, that was me trying to do Robert De Niro from Analyze This. Oh, you. That sounded like that was a bit Stallone. That was you. a bit Stallone. That's Christopher. Yo, 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 yo. We need more cowbell. That's good. Why um, are you dressed up like Batman? Hmm. Batman Returns. 
is a Christmas film. What's happening? I'm sorry. So, yes. So, you hadn't seen no. 48 Hours before we no. watched it recently. No, so I had not. that was your first time no, watching I, it. Yes, I, I, had, I have watched... Um, this is the second Walter Hill film I've watched for the first time this year, the other one being The Warriors, and... Um, Which I talked about on Holmes Movies Recommends. He is. Um, he is... He's a born entertainer, isn't he? I mean, he really yes. knows how to make a sort of... Um, a, a big, fun... Uh, thriller action, you you know, name it, kind of thing, and he has he has that peck and par uh, quality, not just in his style, but also that he has, he does seem to have a bit of a stock company of supporting actors. You recognise a lot of the same people. Um, yeah, he does. He's peck and par without the symbolism. Uh, yeah, he's 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 peck and par as if peck and par didn't care about the you know the themes of like you know uh, aging masculinity and the end of the frontier and just really cared about um, putting bums on seats and yeah. having stuff blow up I, I think uh, Walter Hill he was always all of his movies in some ways are westerns because he always added those sort of elements to them in many ways Warriors is kind of a western in some regard yeah I mean I think that's probably one of those he's said that hasn't he he yeah, said he all my films are yeah. westerns I, I don't know I, I, I think it was, it's silly to to go too far down too far down that road um but you can overlay certain themes onto it i mean this definitely isn't a western in any way shape or form unless you really want to like look very very hard i mean yes it does feature an indigenous character yes it does uh involve uh shoot out shoot out shoot out uh, uh, but it doesn't um question uh it does like a western but it's not a western yes. uh, it is it's a it's a it's a buddy cop film, isn't it? I mean, yes. it's the fuck. It's it is the most archetypal cardboard cutout. You know, this is the template for how to do an eighties buddy movie. You've got yeah. a white cop and a black, well, not Guy. cop in this case, but bloke. <laughs> yes. uh, you've got uh, well, the elements. You've got, you've got the laughs. You've got yes. the shootout. Shootout. You've got the. You've got. You've got women who are gratuitously naked for much of the film, or yes. who are just ignored, and um, and you've got a bunch of like. Um, you know these these the, the, and it you, you know it's, it's, a bunch of, it's a bunch of characters right. and, like and also, stereotypes and, and stuff. also you have a film that's trying to on one hand on the one hand it's trying to say like uh, you know uh, racism is, is bad and here's here's Eddie Murphy he's going to go into the country and western bar and lay down the law and then on the other side of it you've got a film that sort of chuckles at really what I would call like boomer humor I don't it's not a yeah. term I would use very often but there is a lot of excusing. Yes. Of of racist uh, stuff behavior that goes on in this film. If this film was made today, there's no way the Nick Nolte character could get away with. Like, either he would have to not use the N word and other racial um, slurs, or he would have to be punished for it. The fact in this mm. film that he abuses um, Eddie Murphy in ways that are reminiscent of, um, well, that just first of all, like incredibly racist, and also reminiscent of the way that like Sammy Davis Jr. was the. Uh, but punchline of, the, line of yeah. the Rat Pack jokes, you know, and all he has to do is like, oh, "I'm really sorry, I called you that," and it's like, "Well, that's not quite good enough." Yeah. Anyway, and that solves racism, <laughs> right? And that's it feels like a very 1982 way of looking, very sort of yes. Reagan era America, being like, "Okay, we're all friends now, let's move on," and it's all about just catching the bad guys and the bad guys who seem to be purely motivated by greed. Well, greed and like chaos, because yeah. they're not just good. they don't actually seem in the end to care more, that much about the money. They care more about watching the world burn like the bloke the main guy how men just want to watch the world burn who um the bloke um what's his name the james remoy but what's his character's name 
Oh, Gans. Gans. He Gans. he doesn't seem Bruno Gans. Uh, he doesn't seem um, that interested in accumulating wealth or even anything like that. He Not just really, he's, no. he's on a tear, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's okay to throw a few Indian stereotype racist remarks towards his partner. Right, right. Yeah. It, it was, it's, it's, you know, it's, it was, yeah. He's, he's obviously a bell end, and so yes. maybe that's one way of showing it. But, um, yeah. So it's, um, it, it is this, uh, it is this classic, you know, harmless, um, eighties, uh, you know, type movie. of a yeah. film. But it does feel like it's one of the first of its kind, and it's stylishly done and um it is very stylish i think they make a great use of the location um san francisco yeah and i think that well the redneck bar scene torchy's very on the nose name um that was filmed in los angeles right it's set in san francisco yeah. it, it, it yes. is assumed that we are in san francisco throughout the film and and they make good use of it and i they think do. the um it's a very cinematic city you can make yeah. you can really use it very well and nick nolte's pretty damn perfect for that role there's yeah a, there's a lot of other good supporting players you've got your you've got your man from blade runner uh who plays leon he's he's one Ryan of the cops and, yeah he's one he's of the also pops up in quite a few of walter hill's movies famously in southern southern comfort which i think was his big well one of his big breaks because i think I that because i think that came out before blade runner he's got he's got one of my favorite lines lines in the film which he says to powers booth and keith carradine if I was if I was you, I'd stop asking questions and haul ass because my bodies they ain't nice like me because he's a Cajun. Ah, uh, that, that's useful context for your strange voice. Um, yes. But, so, and and uh, Sharky is in yeah, this Frank, from Frank, uh, from uh, License, License to Kill. Kill. Frank McRae was in the Country Club Double O Seven. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's good to see him. It's always good to see him. So um, good cast. But let's be honest, the whole movie hinges on one performance. And that is Mr. Eddie Murphy, which this was his screen debut. This was his first film. I always assumed it was Trading Places, but Trading Places came the next year. And that came, and he had a pretty good year in 1983. He had Trading Places, and he also had Delirious, his very famous stand up comedy show. So that all happened in like the space of a year. Did he do any other films that year? Uh, I don't think so, no. And then the year after that was Beverly Hills Cop. Right, then it's so, just, and then it just stratospheric at that point. You know, yeah. I think in this film you could really get a sense that he wasn't an actor; he was a stand-up comic at this time, and he had, you know, he was on SNL and all this sort of stuff. But you really got the sense that he was very charismatic and could easily hold his own against Nick Nolte, who is a you know a big like brute of an actor, and you know was able to carry the whole film and steal it from practically everybody, even though Nick Nolte does his best to you know. You know, steal it himself in many well, ways. Well, I mean, he just he you know he Nick Nolte does as Nick Nolte does, but there's no hope. You know, Eddie Murphy is just pure charisma. Yes, um, and his his big his big scene in the in the country bar, a country and western bar, Torchies, uh, is um, it's just a, a masterclass. And he is he's not just funny; he's also very um, you know just he's just convincing in this yes. role. He doesn't and he doesn't try and be overly dramatic. He doesn't try to do too much acting. No, he no, just no. Uh, does. He does what he needs to do, and he very is very grounded. He, performance. I think there's, there's. You can tell that there was a certain amount of improvisation going on. You can tell that there's a certain amount of just like his own personality in there. Yeah. Um. And you know, it's straight. You can see such a through line between that and his comedy shows. Um. But no, it's uh, he's uh, he's he's so good to watch. I yeah. mean, and it's uh, it's funny that there are this like two Eddie Murphys, aren't there? There's the the 80s 
going, I guess, into the early, early 90s. Because like Murphy, who yeah. just can do no wrong. Like, yes. there's just nothing that he touches that doesn't turn to gold. I mean, when you think about Raw, Delirious, and you think about his appearances on television, you think about coming to America, trading places. Um, we'll leave out the golden child. Um, and, um, and then you go into this, then he goes and he does what I like to call like flubber movies where you get an otherwise respected person who just does a terrible, terrible film for obviously for Disney or something like that. And he does so he didn't many do of them. anything for, he didn't really do much for Disney. He mainly did. I mean, he, of course he did the nutty professor. I can't remember who produced that movie or distributed it. Yeah. I'm thinking it about Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle. And, Dr. Doolittle. and he did do stuff for Disney. He did the voice obviously in Mulan. Oh yeah. Mulan. Well, that's yeah, great. Yeah, 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 His yeah, voice yeah. work is really good. But, but he's he's, he's yeah. having his he's had a slow he's had a couple of little comebacks with Dreamgirls and now this latest um, my name is Dolomite Dolomite is my name Dolomite yeah. is my name excuse me and so and he's, so, got, you know, and he's got coming to America the second one which is coming out uh, Amazon bought like that film for like millions of dollars do need, people need to stop making sequels it's getting silly at this point this is coming back to the Star Wars thing this mm. is why I get so depressed I'm like yes I mean obviously it's good to expand the universe but this is too much like we have got to find new things yes, exactly, to watch yeah. and it's um i mean indiana jones 5 is coming oh, out and like harrison ford is in his 80s oh jesus christ oh, is he yeah oh <laughs> he looks great i mean, yeah, I mean he, he, he keeps himself in very good shape but just just keep him away from airplanes and everything like that and yeah so he doesn't like get you know, off my plane <laughs> uh, it's like uh sir you're crashing it no harrison get off my plane <laughs> um get out of the plane grandpa come on come yeah on. Uh, so anyway, um, if you're into uh, I- this Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, if mm. you want to watch a good buddy cop movie, why don't you watch Forty Eight Hours or Forty Eight Hers? Hers, uh, <laughs> because there are no vowels in the yes. uh, in the, in the film title. Uh, anyway, so that's uh, that's Forty Eight Hours. Uh, yes. The next, so we watched uh, these two films back to back. The next, well, they were back to back, one day after another. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day after Forty Eight Hours, um, uh, we watched uh, last year in Marie and Bad, or last year at Marie and Bad, or. Um, I think it's Marienbad. Is it Marienbad or? Mar- well, I say Marienbad because Marienbad. it's German. You know, because they yeah, name all these German spa towns when they talk about it. What yeah. is the French title which I'm going to mangle? Let me see. It's uh, uh, l'année dernière à Marienbad. So that's yes, at. Or in. I don't know. My French isn't good enough. Dougie, help us. Are you there? Um, I can't remember. Anyway. Um, it's not radio, Adam. You can't, like, call us in. Yeah. <laughs> Hi there. We have a caller from uh, France. Go to Douglas the phone. Go ahead, sir. Um, Go to the phones in France. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel... You hadn't seen... Have you seen any Alan Renee's movies? No, I had not. I had not seen... Uh, I had not seen either this, uh, which is very famous. I had not seen... Or, or his even more famous Hiroshima Mon Amour. Which was um, his first film in last year. At, last at or in Marion Bad was his second Let's film. just call it Marion Bad. Marion Bad, yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because there's a biographical dictionary of film entry on him by David Thompson where David Thompson says... Uh, Hiroshima Monomo is one of the greatest films of all time. It is very beautiful. Last year at in Marienbad is, you know, give it a miss. Yes. Uh, come back well, to that when you well, watch some of the other stuff is basically what Thompson says. Yeah. Which I think is maybe being a bit harsh. Yeah, because it's I feel not like, Marian bad. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's Marian good. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, depends, depends how you uh, feel about it. I mean, I... I published a review about the film, so I... If, plug alert. <laughs> plug alert. So yeah. I, I just... One of Anderson's lengthy and slightly confusingly written reviews is available to read. Okay. <laughs> thanks, for the, <laughs> thanks for that. So, yeah. I mean, 
the 1950s and the 1960s that you know in French cinema the new the new wave was you know Bit big bag. The, yep. yes uh, Jean-Luc Godard Francois Truffaut Claude Chappell all, all these filmmakers were really Melville's great. getting involved exactly and in the sort of on the other side of the the Sienne Sen. 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 Idiot. <laughs> so Use the Sen. How's it spelled? <laughs> Just. It, I could, okay, I'm sorry. The Sen. The Sen. The, the, the English people say the Sen. I, I say the Sen. The Sen. It's probably, it's probably all badly pronounced. Anyway, <laughs> okay. the river that goes through Paris. So, yeah, on one side you had the right bank group, so that's Goddard, Truffaut, and all those other people. And on the other side you had the left bank group, which was Agnes Varda and Alain Rene, who. Um, and then so they. Were described as people who had a fondness for a kind of bohemian life and an impatience with the conformity of the right bank, a high degree of involvement in literature and uh, plastic arts, and a consequent interest in experimental filmmaking. Yeah, but which I feel like in many ways does sum up Hiroshima Monomore and also last year at Marienbad. And I think, well, I think it's an important point to make that these people are artists who, who yes. sort of encompass a number of genres because, or, or different types of. Um, art because uh different medium yes media um i have forgotten how to speak um the the, the thing about godard and truffaut is that they're movie fans i mean they're cinema yes. brats you know except they're not film school brats like scorsese and and they're uh, journalists Palmer. they're journos they work they wrote okay, yeah, yeah, cinema. Cinema. and uh, well, i think it was like you they room. want all they want to do yeah. is make movies that's the way they think the art form for them is film for them there is nothing but film and everything else can whereas you get the sense with these other people and you get the sense with a lot of other different filmmakers i mean you know you could use um um uh, Steve McQueen, perhaps even as an example, mm. you know, who's also a, an artist as well as a filmmaker. You know, yeah. that you get a sense that there's a lot more to them. And although, frankly, I prefer the Right Bank movies, I haven't watched very much Agnes Varda. I have to confess, but like, I have not seen any um, of Agnes Varda, which I also have to confess, and I know that's yeah. bad. So anyway, so we're coming at this. From a, we are coming at this from a slightly biased yeah. um, point of view. But it, it is really funny with the, the thing about Truffaut. He yeah. wrote a review of someone's film and someone said well if you can do better then why don't you make a film and then that ah, film ended up being whoops. Le Quatre Sans Coup mm-hmm. The 400 Blows which yes, is a thank classic you. film uh, are we are mangling French yes well. sorry French people good god <laughs> yes. um, so I've actually been meaning I've always actually really wanted to watch this because at Met Film School we had when we were talking about you know we had a week where we were talking about film genres uh, so it was like I think over like two days we talked about the French New Wave and also about how the French New Wave influenced other films like Bonnie and Clyde we watched that and they showed a clip from this and I really really got interested in watching it and like I feel very happy that I've seen the film yeah much in the same way I'm really happy that I've seen I've seen Hiroshima Monomore as well because I feel like the style of that is very interesting I think like the style that was you know in Hiroshima Monomore is taken into this film Marion Bad but taken to a bit of a whole, but taken to a whole new level where you're either going to be very engaged with it because it does have a sort of intricate romantic mystery, or you are going to be on the other side of that and find it incomprehensible and maybe a little bit pretentious, which a few people at the time did find it. You know, it was. Either, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it, it was a very it was a mixed review. It, yeah, oh, it was a mixed yeah. experience from I think when it came an, out. I think it's an infuriating film, and I compare it in some ways to. Um, uh, How Ha, that film that came out recently with Viggo Mortensen, the Argentinian one, who's the director. Oh, I never watched that. That's a good movie, but that has some really infuriating qualities. I think also um, Meek's Cutoff uh, is a film, a great recent Western, that also has oh, this yeah. kind of infuriating... Uh, 
you can you feel like the plot is always gonna is it's materializing and you're just about to grasp it and then it eludes you again and it feels like that in this film you're always playing catch up and trying to work out exactly where you are but i feel like the whole the the feeling it leaves you with is ultimately pretty satisfying even if yeah. you still have no idea what's going on i sat there i was so worried when i was watching it that i wasn't intelligent enough for it but well, that's, that's the, I mean, that's, 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 that's the and thing. I, I think that's one of well. the big criticisms yeah. I'd have is that, you know, a, a film has got to, at some point, it's got to level with its audience and, and reveal it, something about itself. And this yes. film never really does. Take and then any. you get to talk about it and say, oh, you know, uh, uh, what's going on here? And what's the, yeah. what, what is this about? And what, it, what, what does this all mean? Yeah. I mean, so what, as far as we can tell, this big hotel... Baroque uh, hotel, Baroque hotel. It's like big, a castle big, that's been made into a hotel. Yeah, big Frank, French, German, wherever it is. Yeah, um, I think it's a Czechoslovakian border. I think. Oh, time. is that where it was filmed? Yeah, that's where. No, oh. that's where Marienbad is, like in that sort of area. Oh, okay. But they didn't film there. They filmed in France and yeah. So it's, it is a big sort of you know uh, uh, um, Baroque-looking house with a with yes. big garden and everything's very geometric and um, and we're introduced to this world of people standing. Still in rooms, a conversation, a lot of conversations stops, stops and starts, overlap. Sometimes they, do, they start and they don't finish. Sometimes they take place entirely in the characters' heads. Yes. And we gradually start to meet our two protagonists, uh, a, a, a chap and a lady. And the chap is trying to convince the woman that they had an encounter last year in yes. Marienbad or one of the other spa towns. And... Um, and that something happened and this sort of gradual process of some kind of revelation takes place. Yeah. She has this gaunt-faced, uh, wonderful-looking um, actor. He looks like a gaunt uh, French version of Martin Landau. Yeah, even think of Martin Landau, but even more gaunt. Yes. Uh, he is, uh, he's like a pencil with a, with a hair on top. He has, um, he's, it turns out he, he's her husband and... Um, is she? But is he though? But is he though? Exactly. Yes, that's the thing. Exactly. We, don't know. We, 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 we don't know the connections know, with any of the characters. We don't know if, they're, if the, what we're saying is correct and we just yes. watched the film. Um, in any case, he, I find him wonderful because firstly, he's so, he's so incredibly fun looking with his, his gaunt features but secondly, he does that, that amazing card trick slash it's called match. Nim. What is it? Nim. Nim. I, it's, I, it's, it's, I, it's this game I have the with the instructions uh, on my. I'm, I'm in my review. You have your okay. Yeah. Read us out the instructions. It's, um, it's, plays this, it's like a tabletop game. It's very. It's it's yeah. very intriguing. Yeah, I think like I mean, there's a reason why it's in the film. That it like after finding like reading the instructions, you have to sort of think like, okay, what does that explain about the film? But anyway, so it's essentially essentially a mathematical game of strategy, in which two players take turns removing or nimming. Uh, objects from distinct heaps. Nim. Nim. <laughs> uh, we are the knights that play. Nim. Oh, um, okay. Uh, on each turn, a player must remove at least one object and may remove any number of objects, provided they all come from the same heap or pile. Depending on the version being played, the goal of the game is either to avoid taking the last object or to take the last object. Watch the film, think about the instructions to Nim, and make whatever comparisons you like from that. Yeah, and um, and it's interesting because it never you, this problem is presented, and each character thinks they can, especially our protagonist thinks he can beat it, and he keeps trying and he keeps failing, and it never. It's like three revealed. times where yeah. he tries to do that. Never, it's never revealed how 
uh, to actually win at this game. Mm-hmm. And we think about it, it was like, oh, what if you go first? No, that doesn't work. And what if you, you know, there are just, um, and I'm not clever enough to know how to how to play. So He's trying to um, figure out how to steal his wife. So, yeah, <laughs> so do you know, like, so it's um, it is uh, it's not just one of these other slightly obscure and yes. um, infuriating and sort of intriguing qualities that this film has. But let's talk about. I mean, like on the surface, it's gorgeous, right? I mean, yes. the composition, the, the, the cinematography, yeah. the costumes are amazing. Yeah. What's the cinematographer's name? I wrote his name down. I love the, the composition of the shots. His name was, was black and white. I mean, it's yeah. so good looking. Uh, it. Oh, what was his name? Sorry, I've got it written down. It's Sasha Vierney, and he also did the cinematography on Hiroshima, uh, Hiroshima Mon Amour as well. Well, there you go. And. Um, yeah, the character. Yeah, the thing is, like the the characters, like uh, uh, Giorgio Albertazzi, he's just called the man, and yeah. and you can you can tell these Delphine on French. Delphine Seyrig is called the woman. It's credited. Shout out to Delphine Seyrig though, because she is also in um, uh, Daughters of Darkness, which is a is terrific she the blonde, vampire. She's movie. the blonde yes, woman. Yeah, oh yeah. right, I knew I'd recognised her. Fantastic uh, European vampire film from the seventies. If you haven't seen it, from Belgium. Yes. Set in Ostend. How many vampire films are set in Ostend? I yeah, ask you. Exactly. Um, and the second man, who's the gaunt French Martin Landau, is played by Martin uh, Landau. Uh, Sasha Baron Peter. F. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Xmash. Uh, God, that's another Borat film. Is that? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, famously. Yeah. Anyway, let's not. Yeah. Let's not go let's down not, that. Let's uh, not, we've, we've already talked enough about the the, the current administration of, in, the, in America. Yeah. Not for long. Um, <laughs> the uh, so so. Um, I would say like so so, you know it is a very pleasant film to exist in except that it's a hard plot to grasp if if there even is a plot and I think that it's a very style over substance film I am very glad that it's only an hour and a half long because if it was two hours I think it would fall flat on its face you get just to the point where you're just like hang on a minute this isn't going to resolve anything. This film yeah. is fucking with us. And then you realise exactly. that you're about an hour and 20 minutes and you're like, it's okay because I can go soon. <laughs> and th- that's fine, but it's not... You know, it would be bad to make a habit of that. It would yes. be bad to think that to make a good a good film needs to be willfully difficult. Yes. And will a good film can be willfully difficult... Um, are completely impossible to follow unless you've you know got some kind of graduate degree um you know to some audiences even boring as long as it looks good like yes. there are a lot of films to which that applies there are a lot of films that you that you've got to come with a certain amount of um uh you know a commitment to figuring stuff out and letting the film and work with yeah, the film I mean, also I mean just... frankly the film we watched last night the sequel to Blade Runner which is tremendous yeah. uh it does that too but you can't just i mean at some point you have to you have to recognize what medium you're working in. This isn't a uh, a piece of um, performance art, you know. This is uh, or, or an installation, you know. The, this is a this is a piece of this is an entertainment, mm-hmm. and um, and so I don't want to sound conservative, but it's like you know I feel like yeah, fine, okay, Alan, you get you get this one, but don't. I would say to anyone out there who thinks, oh, well, I've watched or I will watch last year at Marine Bad, mm-hmm. and then. I'm now Mr. Eastit. It's like, well, you can you can also watch. Uh, uh, you know, there are beautiful films that are also incredibly entertaining. Yes, uh, like Days of Heaven, for example, the Terrence Malick film, which where in which almost nothing seems to happen and yet a lot happens. <laughs> exactly, and but also, I mean, it's interesting with this film in in a lot of ways of, of seeing how 
I mean, just looking at like the French New Wave in general of how inspired, how much it inspired other filmmakers. I mean, I was, you know, even when watching the film, I was thinking of Antonioni's movie L'Aventura and also John Borman's Point Blank, which also has a very experimental editing style. John Borman, I mean, you can really see the influence on Point Blank in this. And that's yeah. another one where you're just like, okay, come on, like keep it together now. And I think that film works. I think John Borman's Point Blank, yeah. while I don't... And it's actually interesting because David Thompson, again, who's, who I always come back to as, as, as my favourite film writer. Um, oh, friend! Yeah, I don't, don't know him. Film friend! Yeah, no, I literally don't, have never met him. But, you know, um, he, he loves Point Blank, but he seems to disregard this film. Interesting. So, uh, you know, so that, uh, even though they, they have so many similarities. Yeah, so, but also, know. like, with this film, it does beg a lot of questions. Who's the main character? Is it the man? Is it the woman? Is right. this in the past or is it in the present or is, is it a future? parallel universes? Are they ghosts? Yes. What the fuck is going on? It's like, is it like, yeah, it's like, is it the future or is it fast? Twin Peaks reference. Hmm. Sorry. Um, uh, but it's like, are they, you know, if it's, is it like ghosts living out of memory? Is it a dream of a memory, a memory in a dream I mean, within I think a dream it, I, I, or anything I do like that? Think, I do think it's a wonderful, um, I think it's a wonderful film about the concept of memory, which also Hiroshima Monomore is also a bit like that. Yeah. And I, and I like that. It's very so, ethereal. Like, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm so bought into this and I was so on this film's side. But yeah. ultimately, I feel like if you, if you sat me down on a different day, I might love it even more or I might, um, I might even appreciate it a bit more knowing right, what the film Right, or I is. might like it less. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't know. So Could I go either am, way. And I don't want to fall into this trap of being like, I have to like this because it's black and white, because it's pretentious, because it's French. It's like, no, I don't have to do that. I, 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 I yes. you know, frankly, I've, um, I've, I've done my time with black and white French movies, and I know what I like, and I know what I don't like, and I've, uh, I like Renoir a lot, for example. You know, so well, that's French poetic realism is very, very different. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, so but it also it has. A, but I feel like it's on a continuum. Yeah, it's but not, I, they're not walled in these genres. <laughs> no, I know, but I feel like this. I think would fit a lot more in Renoir's parameter a little bit. It does. It has. It's in his wheelhouse. I'd love to see Renoir take this and like do something to it. Yeah, it'd be interesting if he ever actually did that. Yeah, yeah. but it's interesting. This movie is in the book or is in that list: a thousand and one movies to see before you die. Yeah, and it's also in a list written by two American guys called the fifty the fifty worst movies of all time and how they got that way. That's an interesting list. I'd like to have a look at that. Yeah, I think our friend, uh, our family friend Morton, has that book. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be interested to see what they. I mean, this is the, the ultimate thing. But we always have to remind people, and that I feel like you have to remind the internet. Although, if you remind the internet anything, the internet then comes back and reminds you that you're a prick. Uh, the, the you know, film is subjective, and ultimately, there's no right answer. I guess. Yes. I mean, there are in certain, you know. Um, you know, Birth of a Nation is racist, uh, La La Land is crap. You know, there are certain absolutes, but, the, you know, with a lot of other films, you know, you can... There are, there are different tastes. There are yes. different... You know, our mother walked out of the Blade Runner sequel and that the three of the rest of us that were left watching it could, you know, were on the edge of our seats. Um, yeah, it, I, I find um, a lot of genres uh, tiresome and I find other ones um, exciting that I think yeah. other people find tiresome and, and I'm sure you do the same. Yeah, You've I watched know, I mean, every single horror movie, for God's sake. <laughs> I have not watched every single horror movie, but yeah, you're nearly, close enough. Nearly there. <laughs> so that is ultimately the reminder, isn't it? So, you know, uh, and that's why I think it's fun to present two films like this. It's like you can like both 48 Hours and 
last year in Marine Bad, and I gave them the same rating on mm-hmm. Letterboxd, which you can look up. Uh, and um, you can like them equal amounts. Yes. And still be a film lover, a cinephile, and um, a lover of cinema. Yes, a pure silver screen aficionado. And you can still, you can That's still like a posh Timothy Dalton there. Yeah. <laughs> You can like whatever you want to, Sanchez. Um, nasty. Yeah, I think so. That's getting nasty on the internet. Uh, Imagine him critiquing a film, like having a like he had his own like TV show where I, he critiqued movies, yeah. like Ebert and Siskel did. I I would love to see Dalton on films. <laughs> I thought this was gratuitous and silly. Uh, one star. I. Uh, uh, we're doing too much Timothy Dalton impressions. We need to retire this one. I, it's a good thing we not we're not doing the Bond backwards about Timothy Dalton anymore. Um, yeah. In any case, I think people should watch both these films and yeah, and, I think, uh, and give them a rating and 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 see what they see what they think. Yeah. I think, Anything else? Uh, no, no, nothing really. I think that's think I think we've covered all the grounds in this film and also forty eight years or hours. Hers, hers. Forty eight hours. Um. Yeah. Um, also, do avoid another forty-eight hours, which was not that good. It did have the it had the same crew, director, yeah. stars, and everything, but uh, but there isn't there is no sequel to this film. There is no another year at Marian Bad. <laughs> Last ten years at Marian Bad. Yeah, that's the next one. It's like that film was too short. I think we should do the same thing, but make it four hours long. Um, well, yeah, David Lynch did something like that, and it was called Inland Empire, which is a massively like just mind-bending film that is clocking in at almost three hours. Uh, well, that, that's enough to that's enough to like make your head spin. Well, it's certainly it's certainly nice to uh, to be able to podcast in person. We'll hopefully have some more things, uh, yeah, you know, to to share with people. Um, should we? Uh, should we do? We we haven't done birthdays for a long time. Should we? Do oh, that really fucking quick? hell! Actually, yeah. Why not? Okay. Whose birthday is it today? Yeah, Jesus! Uh, yeah, we haven't done that in a very long time. So very 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 long time. Mutant. <laughs> 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 Um, well, and usually I P to uh, Bob Babs Windsor, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this podcast hard to follow? Get in touch. <laughs> Actually, don't. You know, if you find this podcast hard to follow, then you know, read a book or something. Yes. Uh, I usually, when we have done episodes like this before the pandemic, we usually gave a recommendation to each other and um, vice versa. Yeah, and then now the birthdays. recommendations are redundant because we have a podcast called Homes Movies Recommend. So if you want yes. a recommendation, go listen to that. Yeah, we have at least forty-nine episodes where Twat. you can listen to us. <laughs> What a way to alienate the audience. So, no, um, a bunch of... Anyway, what? Sorry. So, top of the list is Sarah Paulson, who oh, is yes. 46 today. She's had oh, a... You never talk about a woman's age, Anders. Oh, sorry. She's... she's. It's her birthday. It's her birthday. What year? Every year. <laughs> Get out. Uh, so, she's had a pretty good year. She was in that TV show, Ratchet, which was basically a pre- uh, prequel to One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, which from I, the Cuckoo-verse. Yeah, it's, it's another one of Ryan Murphy's weird TV shows like American Horror Story, Crime Story, and stuff. An American bland story. Yeah. She's, she's one of the greatest actors working today. I, I really, really so. like her as well. I am a huge fan of hers. Who uh, else has celebrating today? Mila Jovovich, who uh, is most famous for the Resident Evil films, where she plays Alice. She's done uh, married, very well for herself. Though. Yes, was uh, was married to uh, Luke Besson, who directed her in the Joan of Arc film, which I think has John Malkovich and Dustin Hoffman. Um, Is there that much scenery in that film that you need <laughs> all of it chewed by these guys? Probably. And he also directed her in The Fifth Element, which is with Bruce Willis and Gary Oldman, which is a 
bonkers sci-fi film from the 90s, which has a connection to 48 Hours because it does star Brian James. Christ, I've forgotten how infuriating it is to actually go through these things with you. It's like it's like listening to a computer defragmenting its own disc. Yeah. Happy birthday to uh, the great comedic actor Eugene Levy, who most people know as Jim's dad from uh, the American Pie films. And, uh, you know, his son, Dan Levy, they did a TV show called Shit's Creek, which is apparently really, really funny and won he's big He's been doing at the very well this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's done a lot of... Uh, he's had a really good uh, partnership with Catherine O'Hara. They came... They, I think they worked in... Uh, they were in Second City together, that comedy, that comedy group. Okay. Uh, happy birthday to British actress Claire Forlani, who was in films like Meet Joe Black. She was in The Rock, and she was also in Mallrats. Um, she had a sort of recurring role on CSI New York, where she played Gary, uh, not Gary Denise, Gary Sinise's uh, character, Mac Taylor's uh, girlfriend on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy birthday to Bill Polden, who most yeah. people know from Independence Day. We're going to live on! We're going to survive! <laughs> Today, we celebrate... No, okay, no, fine. no, no, no. Just imagine Trump giving that speech. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, happy birthday to Laurie... There Hop- are no aliens. <laughs> and if there were, they'd all think I was great. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to Laurie Holden, who most people know as the character who... You say most people. I've never heard of these people. Well, she well I've heard of Bill Pullman. Yeah, well, she played Andrea on the first three seasons of The Walking Dead, and she was also in The Mist, which was a great film. Giovanni Ribisi? Yes. Now, I'm looking at the same list now. Let's move through it. Uh, Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters. Ryan Johnson, he directed a great Star Wars movie, and he directed Knives Out. Yes, which uh, came out three years ago today or really? a couple of days ago yeah and then the internet just went on a ballistic saying it's good it's bad it's good it's bad fuck off yeah. <laughs> don't go on the internet um, um, happy birthday to Bernard Hill Theoden himself <laughs> so it begins you yes. have no power here again. No. Um, bit of trivia the, you know when he's standing at his son's grave in the film yes when he says no parent should ever bury their child oh god that's very moving that yeah part. he actually that's a line that he said to Peter Jackson, I want to add that line because a woman said that to me once, and I want to add that as an in, in as a tribute. Oh to wow! Her. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to Wes Studi. Yeah, one of our favorite actors. Yeah. Uh, he's a um, a che- uh, I believe he's Cherokee um, Lakota. Is no, he? I thought you said you did say that one time. I said he was Sue, and then no, he's he's not. He is. Um, He's born in Oklahoma. Okay, that much we do know. Oh, he's na- he native Cherokee. Like, yeah, na- he, yeah he's, he's a Cher- he's a part of the Cherokee tribe. Yeah, he was in Dancers with Wolves, which involves the Lakota tribe. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's Cherokee. He's an amazing actor, and Very I think good actor. he uh, he actually appeared on that silly New York Times list of the the greatest actors working today and I, I have to agree with them on that one. Mm. He's so good in everything he does, and he's like like so many. Um, indigenous actors and other you know BIPOC actors um, there's not uh, enough roles you know to go around and so exactly. you're deprived of these and it's like if they just make more fucking westerns then <laughs> we'd, we'd see more west study but he's yeah, exactly, um, he's also yeah. a musician um, yeah so uh, but anyway I've, seen, I've heard I've heard him sing and I've seen clips of him singing at concerts and stuff he's got a good voice total legend yes the, there is no the 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 the, the Michael Man, Last of the Mohicans is not the same film without him. Uh, yes. And he's great in, uh, of course, 
Walter Hill's Geronimo. So there's, ah. a, there's a connection for you. Yeah. Walter Hill actually said he, he wished it wasn't called Geronimo in America. He, he had issues with the title because it's Geronimo in America. American and, legend. And American so, legend. No, I mean, what an insult. <laughs> it's just like, Geronimo, yeah. he's a legend of America. Really? It's like there are so many problems. Yeah. I could give you a 20-minute lecture on the problems yeah. of that title, but I won't. Yeah. I'll spare everyone that. But he also he actually John Wayne was a fan of his and wanted him to direct. John Wayne was a fan of West. No, no, no. John Wayne was a fan of Walter Hill and he wanted oh. him to direct the shooters, but Walter Hill didn't want to because he didn't want to direct a film where his hero died. Oh. Yeah. He loves John Wayne, doesn't he? Yeah, he loves John Wayne. Mm. He nearly wrote a film for John Wayne, like some western or something, but it never happened because I think he you know, he died. Imagine, he's probably got like, he'd probably, imagine Walter Hill in his spare time just write screenplays that he wish he, he yeah. cast with like John Wayne and like Ben Johnson of Ward Bond. He's got a, I think he wrote like a bunch. Imagine if yeah. you could do that. That would be incredible. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, happy birthday to Peter Far- uh, pa- Farrelly, one half of the Farrelly brothers who did films like uh, There's Something About Mary, Dumb and Dumber, and he also won uh, two Oscars for uh, Green Book. <laughs> Best original, I think it was best original screenplay Jesus. and best picture. Oh my god! During so the same dri- during, during driving the, this fucking Daisy I mean, that was the, that again. was the same year that Black Clansom. They were competing against each other. Poor that Spike had, Lee. What yeah. does he have to do? I mean, oh, Spike Lee. Jesus. When that happened, he nearly walked out, and like they had to keep him inside, but he was just like sitting on his armchair the whole time, like pissed off and things like that. Jesus. He said something like, I think it's like, every time when there's someone driving a car, I lose, or something like that. Armin Muller-Stahl's birthday is today. Yeah, he's a great actor. He was um, creepy as fuck in that Cronenberg movie. Uh, Eastern, Eastern Promises. Promises. Yeah, he's very good in that, and he, he crops up in a bunch of other stuff where he's good. He's in the West Wing. He plays the uh, Israeli ambassador, or is the Israeli president, or one of these things. Mm. Um, yes. Very, very good, yeah. Yeah, he's a very good actor. I th- he's very good as the taxi driver Helmut in the, the Jim Jarmusch movie, uh, Night on Earth. Like those different short stories yeah. that take place in part- different parts of the world. Um, Should we leave it there? I think that's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, all, all right. Well, all then, the- uh, thank you for joining us. And, uh, yes. you know, stay stay safe. And stay safe stay and healthy. Stay sane. Don't, yeah, exactly. don't go on Twitter to talk about cinema. Put a DVD in your DVD player or stream something and watch it and enjoy it. Or don't worry like, about what everyone else thinks. Or what you said earlier, read a book. Or read a book. Go about outside. Film. Or go on to your podcast app of choice and listen yes. to Holmes Movies. And don't forget to rate or review this podcast. With yes. five star reviews only accepted, please. Thank you very much. Anything under that? You die. <laughs> we find you. We are not busy at the moment, so we can spend time tracking you down, using your data to, uh, which we collect, by the way, uh, to find out where you live, where you shop, uh, and then uh, we go full on Robert De Niro. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burned <laughs> to the ground. You got nothing, you punk. <laughs> Baseball. Um, uh, okay. You see, uh, both of us are completely sober and have taken no drugs, even though it does mm. not sound that way, but I think now is time for us to go and grab a cold drink, eh? Yeah. Well, we do have to get... Well, well, it doesn't matter. Oh, yes, we have to drive to get the takeaway. Yeah, we need to get okay, food. Okay, this... Uh, can we stop recording? Yes. This is weird now. Yes. Okay, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.